Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monday Motivation. Today's topic is called The Body Remembers. And our motivation here is to allow the body to remember, even if our mind forgets. It really is honing in our connection of our feelings and our sensations that help us remember the past, help us connect to the present. As I'm recording this, it's two days before the second anniversary of my dad's death on February 11th, 2019. And you can tell, like, just as I start to talk about it, my voice quivers. I don't have control over that. That's this this emotional attachment and feeling of grief that is that pervades uh, my cells because I've allowed that grief to be felt in its fullest. So it's not overwhelming me. I can talk about it now. And even prior to February, I started to feel a little heaviness, a little darkness uh, leading up to this second year anniversary. And it just again reminds me of how much our body is just more than this frame, that it carries emotions, it carries sensations. It carries so much unsaid and maybe not even known at an intellectual level. But if we fine-tune our connection to our deepest sense of self, we can remember, we can hold on to memories, and we won't be captive to them, but we become better at feeling. And if you haven't read The Body Keeps the Score, this is by a Boston-based Dutch psychiatrist and PTSD researcher, Bessel van der Kolk. He wrote The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. You should definitely read it. So I've pulled some of his phrases and language for today's podcast because I think it really 
helps with this understanding of how the body remembers or the body keeps the score. He says, when our senses become muffled, we no longer feel fully alive. If you have a comfortable connection with your inner sensations, you will feel in charge of your body, your feelings, and yourself. So today's motivation is to encourage you, those around you, to better connect to your inner sensations, to the body's remembering, and not be disconnected no matter what. Now, I know I am lucky I don't have a history of trauma or neglect, and he really dives into that. That's more of his specialty in the healing of trauma. So I, by no means, am an expert in that realm. But a lot of the the things that he talks about and the healing mechanisms that he that he speaks of go for anyone, whether it's that you have become more constipated with your emotional self, or you've really experienced trauma and have become more deadened to some of the feelings. He really sets a pathway, a recovery for honing in and refining and healing in that process. And he's using um, neuroscience. He uses developmental psychopathology and neurobiology as well. Really all of that of all of it to examine how our own behavior affects our psycho-emotional and neurobiological states. So I've come up with an acronym to help you, help me, anyone that needs it to remember what the body is telling us. The body remembers again what the mind sometimes even forgets or has uh, stuffed down. And so this acronym is for body. And as you know, I'm a big lover of the body because it's so much more than muscles and bones. It holds our our life experiences. It can tell us so much. And the more we connect with it, the more whole we will feel. So for B of body, it is the brain-body connection, which I speak of a lot in movement. And movement is a way to really, really hone this connection between brain and body that sometimes is dull or dimmed because of our experiences, because of we've been conditioned to not feel certain things. You know, for instance, even the way we grieve, I grieved very openly. I talked about it, I cried, and it can make people uncomfortable. It's not that I made them uncomfortable, it's they don't like to witness grief. And that's understandable. And yet it is a very powerful and important part of healing is to grieve. And so probably everyone, including myself, we all need to hone in on this brain-body connection. So one thing that Vanderkolt speaks of is he says, in response to trauma itself and in coping with the dread that persisted long afterward, Patients had learned to shut down the brain areas that transmit the visceral feelings and emotions that accompany and define terror. Yet in everyday life, those same brain areas are responsible for registering the entire range of emotions and sensations that form the foundation of our self-awareness, our sense of who we are. So what he is saying is that he 
we are witnessing a really mal adaptation or a tragic adaptation is how he phrases it. Because in in order to shut off the sensations we don't want to feel, we're deadening our overall capacity to fully feel alive. And we're really dimming that brain-body connection so that when our brain is sending us signals, we don't always know from an intellectual understanding as much as a visceral one. But if we have been trained, taught, conditioned, um, and it could be from a survival standpoint, or it could be from a social standpoint. Again, like don't talk about emotions, don't show when you're sad. Uh, men sometimes historically have been taught to you know not cry. So all these things that we have been taught and, and conditioned to dull our senses, we're not fully experiencing the entire array of emotions. So if we snuff out the experience of grief, we're also diminishing the capacity for joy. And our brain-body connection will become more finely tuned if we become more comfortable with feelings of all kinds. I often talk about it in my lit yoga practice, getting really strong and connected to your core in your body. And that's not just because you want to look good, you want to have good posture, but you want to be able to move well, and you also want to be able to feel well. You want to be able to handle feelings well. So if we're really connected in an empowered way to our core, we can then handle the different feelings as opposed to avoiding them, stuffing them down. And I think that's another reason why my own grief, I was able to feel it even in the depths, the chasm of abyss of grief, which is a, you know, very, if anybody's experienced that kind of loss, it's um, not a place you want to go, but you have to go there, right? You have to go there to feel it and feel it enough that it doesn't scare you, you know, that, that it doesn't weigh you down, but it doesn't also, it hasn't been felt because whatever hasn't been felt goes somewhere and then it becomes captive. So let's work on this brain-body connection. O for body, open your senses. So this is again, that brain-body connection. We feel a lot of emotions from a visceral place. Yes, we have some intellectual idea about emotions. Like I knew when I started to feel that heaviness February coming, I knew why. I knew intellectually why, but I felt it before I even intellectually registered, oh, my dad's anniversary is coming up and all the memories around that and my you know final days with him. So opening our senses and not dulling them will enable us to feel our feelings because if you don't feel them you are again you're you're disrupting that brain body connection he talks about that agency like over our you know kind of our own um autonomy starts with what scientists call interoception and that's that awareness of our of our body based feelings and that is such a greater awareness that greater awareness of and sensing everything. You know, when when I started to feel my, my dad's death anniversary coming up, I was flooded with not only the feeling of grief, but 
all the senses around that, remembering, uh, you know, where I was when I heard he was, you know, not doing well in the hospital and the smells around me, how the ground felt. It was all so vivid. And that vividness comes back. It comes back with the memory because it hasn't been stuffed down. It's there. I'm comfortable with it. I can, you know, feel it and it can remind me that the grief is going to always blanket me to some degree. But it, again, the feeling, that interoception, that, that subtle sensation could be felt. And so it's, we have to know what we feel and, in the, and to know why we feel it. And so it's like, if we dull our senses, we're not even getting into the why. And then you can't get into the how you manage it. So interoception is, is often known as this hidden sense. And it's referred to almost sometimes as the eighth sensory system. That, that sense that is happening inside our bodies. And, you know, that could, it, it is in the form of when you feel tired, when you feel cold, when you feel thirsty. That's the interoceptive system that's helping you sense what's happening inside your body. Okay, I'm thirsty. I need to drink something. You know, I'm cold. I need to get more clothing on. Uh, when you, if you need to go to the bathroom, that's part of the interoceptive system. And so when people have strong interoceptive processing skills, uh, they are able to respond to the input quickly in real time. And that they're receiving the information and they're maintaining their body in what's called homeostasis, which is really at a cellular level what we all crave. So that responsiveness is its own form of intelligence. Additionally, the interoceptive system is also responsible for helping us control our emotions. So we know our emotions are linked to physical sensations in our body. You know, if you feel anxious or nervous to go in front of a lot of people and speak, you have butterflies in your stomach. If you feel like you're around somebody and you have like a gut response that they are not energetically a good person, you have that feeling. Those are sensations from their interoceptive system and they are really linked to our emotional system. And it's really been proven that our ability to read our own physical signs is directly related to how well we can self-regulate. We can identify first and self-regulate our emotional states. So it's super important to be able to know ourselves well enough to be open to senses, all the different senses, not only you know, the smells and the taste and the visual and the hearing, but these, this inner interoceptive sense that impacts our emotional state. And it really directly affects our ability to read ourselves, but also to read others. So if we're more open to our own senses, not only can we in real time respond to those senses, but we can also register other people's physical and emotional state. And if we're comfortable, if we have this great comfortable connection with our inner sensations, we can then start to trust ourselves. We can trust our instincts. We can be um, in charge of our bodies. We can, our feelings ourselves. It's like when we don't trust those feelings, 
we don't want to feel them. And so we either act out or push them down. And, you know, he notes in his book that traumatized people are living with really sometimes unbearable sensations. They feel incredible stress, incredible heartache. And those transfer into the body, how they feel. And by avoiding the the sensations in the body, we actually, he says, we actually become very vulnerable to being overwhelmed by them. And so if we don't learn to feel the feelings, to open our senses, then they can really overwhelm us and we no longer can have that sense of agency. So the D for body is depend on self. This is a huge part of a lot of healing is learning how to depend on self. And the self-regulation that he speaks of and other um, doctors speak of, psychologists, neuroscientists, that self-regulation really depends on having a healthy relationship with our own body. So in order to progress, to change, to heal, people have to first become aware of those sensations, be open to them, and the way their bodies respond to them, and the way their bodies interact with the world around them. That state of awareness is is really uh, what he says is the first step in releasing anything that's chokeholding us. So he says individuals who lack emotional awareness are able with practice to connect their physical sensations to psychological events, and then they can slowly reconnect with themselves. So again, it's building this relationship with self, depending on self, not depending on, of course, we need help. We need therapy. We might need medication, but this ultimately it comes down to the healing has to happen within. And we have to create that healthy foundation where we can rely on ourselves more. The final why for body is yoke. We often talk about yoke and yoga as a, as a union. And yoke is this union with self and union with others. There's an acknowledgement that we as humans really need others. I know how much my own healing from the deep abyss of grief, how much it was helped by the support of others. People reaching out, and just saying they were thinking of me. And this is really, this is huge. Again, we aren't really taught well, or a lot of people are not taught well, how to be supportive when someone is struggling, when someone is emotionally or physically at their, you know, at their lowest. And getting some support from others, that sense of union and yoking ourselves, our own healing with others is incredibly important. And it's our, our challenge is to not only uh, fortify our relationship and our ownership of our own body and mind, but is also to be able to um, feel and be free to feel these things without judgment and a shame, you know, shame at all. It's it's interesting. Once I show, I have shown, and this took me time to be vulnerable to show 
that I was hurting and that I was grieving. But to show that, I sensed and I heard from so many people how much it helps to them because it's in a way giving permission. If someone is comfortable showing the the pain and processing the hurt, um, it does reveal to others that it's possible for them to do it themselves. And that's that takes some strength and it takes some willingness. And then it also takes some practice. You know, if if especially if you have something that's been long-term, some even secrets, you know, that are dwelling within you um, that you might have needed for survival for that period of time. But improving your own connection to your body and brain, to your feelings, to your senses, that interception will help tremendously with this yoking and unifying to self and to others. Because a lot of times you know when someone is suffering silently, it doesn't just impact them, it impacts their community, it impacts their family, it impacts their friends. So we all need to learn to listen to the body. The body remembers. It tells us so much. And if we have these channels of connection to the body, to the feelings, we're going to be serving ourselves long-term and the people around us. Now, some obvious ways of practicing this is, I will say, yoga. I mean, yoga is really, it, it, it's different than other forms of exercise, perhaps, or movement, because it focuses on listening, listening to your body at this inner level, giving it good proprioceptive and vestibular input that's coming from the brain, and, and encouraging this third eye, this inner gaze to be a witness, to witness thought, to witness feeling, to not necessarily being attached to any of it. Like you can feel the feeling without becoming the feeling. And really, I think practices like yoga help so much with that. It helps you become stronger physically. And when you become stronger in your body, you also are going to become stronger in your mental body, in your emotional body. They are all one in the same. They're all connected. And when one of those is wounded, the other parts need to come in and help out and to bring that state of homeostasis, that balance that we all crave. And practices of meditation or other forms of mindfulness are also very helpful at improving our senses, improving our state of being, improving that balance and harmony that we can, again, witness and feel and not hide from it. So it's, it's opening up the lens through mindfulness, meditation, breathing exercises, yoga, all of it. It's just summoning us to pay attention, to pay attention. Because the, the body, it does tell us so much. It holds memories and we want those memories to be fluid, not, not locked down. And I think, you know, that's, uh, I'll read you one final thing that he wrote about. He says, the body keeps the score 
If the memory of trauma is encoded in the viscera, in heartbreaking and gut-wrenching emotions, in autoimmune disorders and skeletal muscular problems, and if mind-brain visceral communication is the royal road to emotion regulation, this demands a radical shift in our therapeutic assumptions. The need for attachment never lessens. Most human beings simply cannot tolerate being disengaged from others for any length of time. People who cannot connect through work, friendships, or family usually find other ways of bonding, as through illnesses, lawsuits, or family feuds. Anything is preferable to that godforsaken sense of irrelevance and alienation. Another paradox of healing is that although contact and connection are often terrifying to the traumatized, social support and a sense of community are the foundation upon which a healthy relationship with our own feelings and sensations is built. And that again speaks to the yoking. We do need union with our own feelings, with our own self, and with others. And I'll finish this with a final quote by one of my favorites, Walt Whitman. He says, there's something in personal love, caresses, and the magnetic flood of sympathy and friendship that does in its way more good than all the medicine in the world. And I can speak to that again with my own healing and grief, how much people reaching out, showing sympathy, even years later, you know, people who have been grieving over a loss of a loved one, 10 years, 20 years, it's still there. And recognizing just by saying, hey, I'm thinking about you today. I'm sending you a hug or giving you a hug if you're able to do that. What a difference that makes, that recognizing, recognizing pain in another is also recognizing that we all experience pain and that we survive it. You know, we survive. And that's the resiliency of the human spirit. And so I hope that you can find ways that you can better connect to your body. Let it remember things. Allow the feelings to come up. Observe them. Open up the senses. Strengthen and fortify your connection to yourself through all kinds of practices. Yoga, movement, physical is such a great way to to really get the brain-body connection going, and then reach out and to anyone that really is in your community, in your little pod that can help you and give you some good loving when you feel like you're suffering more or when you just feel like you need it because we all need it. So as always, I am pulling for you and this is dedicated to my dear dad. Dr. Larry Frank. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.